Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Welcome listeners to the Everyday Mindfulness Show where we talk about real life. What does it mean to be mindful in a world that is often mindless? I am so excited today to bring you somebody who knows the male brain. You guys hear from me every week. And, and this week I am bringing on a dear friend, an author, an expert, a consultant, and a coach in the area of dating. But what we know is there's a lot broader things to life that play into our dating experience. So today we are talking to Jonathan Astley about shifting your paradigm to being positive. And we're gonna talk about his book about what the hell is, what the heck is self-love anyway? I love it, the right person lands in the right seat at the right time. Jonathan, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much, I'm so excited to be here and I just, can't wait to just dig right in. So jump right in. So I know some people are going to watch the show on video and some are going to watch it on audio. So for those who are listening to the audio, we, we have to tell them what your shirt says because you've got this really great shirt on today that says the self-love club. <laughs> so I want to know how do I get into the self-love club? <laughs> well, you go to Amazon, type in self-love club, and there's t-shirts for both men and women. And that's where I got mine. Um, but it goes much deeper than that, where I got into the self-love club. Um, is it okay if I share with your audience real quick what, why I'm so passionate about this? That's why we're here. Yeah, absolutely. So for those listening, um, like a lot of people, I, I, I turned 40 and I, sadly I got, a, I got divorced at the same time or got separated and then eventually got divorced. And my life was going down a rabbit hole because literally... Right after that, I lost my quarter million dollar year job. And then a few years later, the stock market total, took a total nosedive and I lost over my entire net worth. And so I had hit rock bottom. And right about that time, the movie The Secret came out, What the Bleep, and I started to go, you know, I should start reinvesting back in myself and you know whether it was the law of attraction or mindfulness or healthy living that sort of thing and I was literally like I said at rock bottom but I began a daily practice 
of nurturing my soul, nurturing my my mind, nurturing my heart, which included not just meditation, but watching videos and reading books. And I, one of my all-time favorite books is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer and Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And these books really began to shift the trajectory of being at rock bottom. And why I'm sharing this with your audience is that it became a vaccination to impending chaos. And what I mean to say is, as you shared with your group, I, I wrote a book called What the Heck is Self-Love? And that book was inspired literally a few months after my 19-year-old son passed away. And, and, I, and I thought that losing a child was gonna be the worst thing that ever happened to me. But what I realized, because I spent so many years building up my self-worth, my self-love, my self-reliance, that sense of self, that sense of sovereignty, that even though this terrible thing that happened, it didn't take me down the rabbit hole. And while it's, and let me just say, there's nothing more painful to a parent than losing a child. I felt like I was prepared. And a lot of that relates to mindfulness because it, it took a mindful practice to prepare, and I wasn't preparing myself for this, let me be clear about something. So, but, but that mindful practice daily is preparing me for every aspect of my life, good or bad. And you know, that's my quick short story on how I got into this. Although I didn't say how I got into becoming a dating coach, that's how I prepared for, like I said, impending chaos, if you will. Well, first of all, we just send our, our condolences and our love to you for your courage to speak out about something so challenging in life and do what is yours to do to learn your own lessons and then certainly share those lessons with the world. Yeah. Um, we're gonna, we, if you're open, we might bring you back on the show to, to dive into more about that supporting parents in oh. that, that experience. We'd love to, love to dive into that, that a little more. But today we're going to talk about the book. Okay. Um, because I, your, your timing is so interesting. We're recording this show a few days after my 43rd birthday. Okay. Um, and, you know, it, we're moving into this fall of 2019. And yeah. I'm sure you're feeling it or you're hearing it in the media, this uh, impending right? Chaos, impending, yeah. we're going to be in a recession, all these things. And you said law of attraction, what we think about, we bring about, like, I don't yeah. think any of us want it, but we we're digging ourselves, I think, into this road. So yeah. uh, vaccination to impending chaos. And it, it, we talk about, you know, you don't just brush your teeth once a day, we, you know, <laughs> and, and brush our teeth and be done with it. Like we have yeah. to do it every day. So I love that you think of your mindfulness practice like a daily ritual. And you you bring in some to some great books and tools. You know, I say on the back of the book, um, it's not you know no yoga mat required. Um, okay. So what are the things that you do in your daily practice? And and I you, you talked about some videos and some things like like yours. Is, it sounds like it's the same, but it's different every day. And what what's that look like for you? Well, thanks for asking because I, I, I start with a ritual of, I, I live by the ocean, so I live by, uh, by the beach and I, I walk every day um, just to get out in nature. And so one of the chapters in my book is get, you know, get in touch with nature. And what, not everyone can do it every day. And interestingly enough, I saw a video clip yesterday of a news channel saying, if you can't get out in nature, there's a nature 
screensaver you should have on your screen. But the idea is, first thing I do is I always get out in nature and I listen to some meditation type music just to get me into that feeling of calm. And now I have a daily practice where I'm in a um, study group uh, where we review the Course of Miracles through a conference call every day at 8 a.m., Monday through Sunday. It's every single day, and it's for one hour, and we review the book, of Course in Miracles. And now I'm going to say something controversial, but I'm just going to say, this is the way I think the Bible should have been written. And that's, that's my verbiage. I might ruffle a few feathers, but that's just my interpretation. Um, it takes out all the religiosity and puts in the love is what I appreciate about the book. Um, because the cor Course in Miracles is, the miracle is how can we shift to love? That's the real essence of the idea of a miracle is how can we shift to love? So there's 365 different practices. That's one thing, that's, that's the second thing I do. I also invest another half hour to an hour at any given time reading a book, um, watching a video, maybe watching a documentary, something to inspire my spirit than watching the Kardashians or The Bachelor. And no offense to those folks that watch it. I get that we all need entertainment, but I think it's okay. I mean, here's, and this is just a point of view. It's a little bit preachy, but if you're going to invest in something trivial, also spend a corresponding amount of time investing in something that actually can make a difference in your life. I mean, a real difference to your inner suffering. And what I mean by inner suffering is most everyone suffers from a, affliction of I'm not good enough, I'm not likable. We have some sort of trauma or shame in our past that if not addressed will continue to create havoc in one's life. So when I said impending chaos, I mean havoc or an inner that disrupts our inner peace. And that's why I'm a proponent for a daily personal development, self-help spiritual practice. I said a mouthful, so thanks for letting me ramble there. No, I mean, that's that's what I love about the conversations we have on this show. And, and you, you said, well, you know, I'm going to ruffle some fe feathers. And you're giving me and the audience the chance to find love in that. And yeah. I don't think we're having enough conversations on the planet right now about the yes and. Yes. Jonathan, <laughs> yes. You, can, you can call the Course in Miracles the way the Bible should be written. And I, and I should come at it from a place of saying, that works for you. And if I choose whatever book or whatever video or whatever works for me, how can we choose to love ourselves enough to not knock ourselves off the rocker? Oh my gosh, I really hate that he takes that particular book and let you be in love enough. And I mean, this is, you know, obviously just a, just a conversation between friends, but I think yeah. we can take that choosing love Choose love, choose love, choose love. And this is just a small example, but it's a great example for what everyday mindfulness means and what I hope we inspire yeah. listeners to do. Yeah, you know, one of the things I've adopted recently that there's only one truth and everything else is a perspective. And that one truth is love. I, I, I'm real, I, I say this with a strong inner conviction. Whereas everything else, you know, oftentimes human beings want to get into this power struggle of right or wrong. And so I'm just sharing a perspective, just a perspective. It's not right or wrong. Someone else might have a different perspective. 
And I don't even like the phraseology, well, we'll agree to disagree. I, <laughs> I prefer you have your perspective and I have my perspective. And, what, and, and, you know, Dr. Phil says something along the lines, is that working for you? It's working for me. You know, it may not work for you. That's okay. You are, we are all entitled to our perspectives. I guess where I get frustrated, and this is now my judgment, is if you're bitching about your life and you're still following that one perspective, maybe you might want to hear a couple different perspectives to expand your consciousness. And that's what mindfulness is about. It's about expanding one's horizons, expanding one's consciousness, and, see, and maybe, in, maybe investigating different perspectives, not from the place of right or wrong, but just from a place of curiosity. That's the essence of mindfulness on some level. Absolutely. And for me, those words curiosity and discovery come back over and over and over again. And I I wanted to have you on the show because of this whole thing about dating and the male brain. And um, as we were were talking about the show, I, I think it's also really courageous. Your focus area is working with people that are kind of after the baby making stage, as you call it, and, and before retirement. And these are, can be such vibrant and amazing years. Yeah. If we let go of the, the past conditioning mindset of what those yeah. years should look like yes. and step into the choice of self-love, curiosity, discovery, and you coach people through purposeful dating. And we're going to talk about dating in terms of traditional dating, but (laughs) that could be dating as in I'm salesperson A to product B. Like there's lots of ways we're matching people up. So I'm curious, give us a few strategies and thoughts on this idea of self-love as a bridge to dating in this really dynamic and changing time of a person's life in a consciousness that's changing so much. Sure. I thank you so much. And this is such a big question. I mean, we couldn't do this in just, you know, uh, a few minutes. Um, So my predominant audience is women. And women have been conditioned to uh, basically allow the man to lead the, the process. And one of the first things I always say is you're giving the job to the wrong person. (laughs) Because, you know, why are so many books written on men are commitment phobic, you know, if they're, if that's true, then you wouldn't, you want, you wouldn't want to give them that job. And so it's more about taking charge of one's own relationship destiny and being in your own power, being in your own sovereignty. And that's the essence of self-love is being in your own power, being in your own sovereignty, loving yourself and others. And I say the word and others. So what often happens is in the dating realm, in, when you're not purposeful dating, you're basing oftentimes your happiness based on someone else's dreams, desires, needs, and wants versus really addressing it from your perspective. Like in other words, how do you show up in relationship and then seek someone who matches it that way versus the other way around? This is what they want and then molding yourself. A person who loves themselves doesn't need to pretzel themselves to be in a relationship. And so by doing a deep dive into your own self-worth, self-love, self-sovereignty, that sort of thing, you become 
more attuned to choosing people who are aligned to who you are and what you want. My friends used to tell me I had a broken picker. Because <laughs> 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 I, I, I have a whole, a whole interesting curriculum of, of, of dating. Yeah. And, and the moment that I did just exactly what you're talking about. But there's another piece about this, and it might lean into this idea of, of confidence and vulnerability, was I also had to be willing to allow love in my life again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one thing in our, in our dating experience is to go out and say, okay, I want somebody who hikes and somebody who eats, you know, loves yeah. the same food that I do and do all that. But it's a different thing and a necessary thing to say, I'm going to open to love in a way that, that again, man or woman, I know yeah. all of your strategies work no matter what, what experience people are looking for. Um, talk a little about allowing yourself to be loved. Yeah, I love this question. And I'll share with you, on my front door, it says, literally, every time I walk out of my home, it says, right, it says, I am open and receptive to love. I am open and receptive to love. Because what's interesting about what, you know, why I did that was to basically kind of reinforce that I'm open, I'm receptive. Many times in the dating realm, when a person has had one bad relationship and another, I don't even want to use the word bad, and I don't even want to use the word failed. I was just about to say failed. One relationship that ended and another relationship that ended and another relationship ended. or you know, And it could be a first date that didn't go anywhere. It could be three dates that didn't go anywhere. Someone goes. All of this accumulation might weigh on someone's spirit. And what happens is they become closed off or there's walls that are built up. And those walls, even though may, deep down one might want a relationship, what they may not be aware is that these walls are preventing one to actually attract a relationship in. So by consciously setting that intention, I'm open and receptive to love, it's actually breaking down the walls that block us to love. And for those, I mentioned earlier the book Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. The whole essence about her work is about removing the blocks to love. And by removing the blocks, we become open and receptive to it. Well, it's it's so fun to have this conversation. You know, often women to women, we have this conversation, yeah. but it, it's inspiring to remember that we're just all human beings here. And the more that we can be on the human being side and less on the human doing side, yes. the more we can open the space for love. I, I tend to call those, um, those first date, second date, third date things, they were learning opportunities. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I've, I've had a lot of learning opportunities. So Jonathan, at, at, well, in the I show- Can I touch upon something real quick? Of course. So you said oftentimes there's women to women conversations and I recognize this is, might seem unusual to a lot of women to hear a man talking about this and not alone. And I'm a man who's six foot tall and six foot two and a full head of hair. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying I'm not some bald yoga instructor. Yeah. Instructor. Um, there are men who are thirsty to want to open up and to be vulnerable. The challenge for most men is that they don't feel safe. Um, 
there's this old expression, you know, hell hath, a hell hath no fury like a woman scorned or upset or whatever. So we have a, we almost inherently are fearful to, to dive into this because God forbid we're vulnerable. We might be scorned for it kind of thing. And I'm not saying, by the way, this is a perception. It's not a reality, but oftentimes it's a predisposed mindset. So believe it or not, for the women listening, men truly do want to open up. They just don't know how. That's the only difference. You know, men get accused of being emotionally unavailable. Men are absolutely available. They just don't know how to do it. And when, and by the way, for the record, it took a woman for me to open my heart. I wouldn't be who I'm today if it wasn't for a woman who introduced all of this to me. It's rare that men introduce each other to these things. I mean, I do with my circle of friends, but so I, I just wanted to differentiate. There are men that actually do have big, gigantic hearts. They just need to feel safe to be able to communicate what it is, what's going on inside. <laughs> so, so on every show, before we go to a break, and I know we've gone a little long in this first half of the show, but we like to put out a question to our listeners, something that they could be mindful about, they could think about. Do you have a, a, a key question in your study or research that might help, in a, help us to open up to the possibilities for self-love in our life? Oh, in our own life. Well, I was going to go down a different road. Uh, I, I, you know, of, oftentimes it's the question, who am I, why am I here, that sparks it. Um, I like to think of, you know, have you, kind of looking back, whenever you felt inner suffering, have you pointed the finger at someone else or have you looked inward to say, what may have I done to cause this to happen? Any inner suffering, you know, emotional turmoil, you know, disruption to inner peace. And rather than look outward, look inward is the question I often ask myself. How did I create this? How did I create this? So listeners, we're going to give you an opportunity to, to sit with that question. And we'll be right back after a short break. The Everyday Mindfulness Show is brought to you by Leadership Solutions International. Are you hosting an upcoming conference or convention? Or looking for a speaker to provide inspiration and motivation? Would you like your audiences to know what you know as a listener of the Everyday Mindfulness Show? Check out Leadership Solutions International for more on mindful leadership keynote offerings, on-site mindfulness information centers, and trainings. So on every episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show, we get to talk to experts and authors and people living mindfully. And today we are having a conversation with Jonathan Asley. And I love his three core words. Jonathan, you have three core words, connection, communication, and commitment. And you, you don't just talk about those words. You're actually living those words because yeah. you took your your stories, your experiences, and your wisdom, and wrote them in a book called What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway? So I think about self-love. Sometimes we get this thing a little confused. You know, it's when I go get a manicure, when I go yeah. to the spa, when I go for a walk. And I know your book dives so much more deeply into that. Tell us a little bit about how we can tap into self-love to create the relationships we talked about in the first half of the show. Oh, I, you know, it's so funny because I opened the book by saying, you know, a lot of people go, what, you know, like 
self-love is so woo-woo or, you know, they misinterpret self-care or self-maintenance with self-love. And so, yes, getting manicures, working out, all those things are great for our bodies. And our bodies in, in and of itself are, is, is a part of the self-love practice. But where the book takes us is more is the inner journey. And I've come to the conclusion in my own life after, you know, I've recognized that life has sort of ups and downs. I have some really good days and I have some really bad days and I have some good days and I have some bad days. And sometimes I have very long, 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 bad days. And what I mean is they go on and on. And on. <laughs> sometimes there's, and, it, it, and, and it's kind of like if I focus too much on the bad days kind of thing, then that can actually create momentum to having more and more bad days. And, and when I mean by bad days, there could be things that I could have created or might be situational kind of thing, whether it's a car accident, whether it's a job loss, whether it's, a, you know, um, an interaction with someone that didn't go well, or maybe a relationship that ended. What I've kind of come to realize is life is like the yin and yang sign. It's not so much about good or bad. I mean, we could look at it that way because I believe life has an element of balance to it. It's how can I find that equilibrium in the middle? How can I stay in that? When I call it the equilibrium of the middle, I mean inner peace. So one of the first elements is to recognize that life is a journey and not a destination. It's not, I'm going to have a bunch of happy days. Like, if you, I got that brand new job, my life is going to be better. I got that bitchin' car, my life is going to be better. No, because you're going to have these kind of days. Um, and that's what life is like a roller coaster. So how can I enjoy the ride, good or bad? And I, a proponent that a self-love practice actually prepares you for that roller coaster, whether good or bad, you're gonna be sitting in that equilibrium, if you will. Because it's, it's like looking at life almost like a game. And, and I don't mean treating it like a game, but I'm just saying, you know what? You know, don't get so hung up in the, in the future and don't get sung, hung up on the past. Just enjoy the presence of life. And that's part of the element of what I talk about in the book as well. Well, and that's why we wanted to bring you on the show is because there is an element of is it male, female dynamic, male, male, female, female, but just the idea of dating and relationships that your book brings to us to remember the power of the present moment. You know, yeah. I, I tend to defer to John Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness, the practice of being present in the moment with non-judgment. Yeah. And if we can bring our own self-love practice, our own peace and joy whether it's that first date or that 50th date yeah. to loving yourself enough to say, I say it, the, the sacred yes and the sacred no. Are you going to say yes to the, the next date or, or no from that place of, of loving, loving yourself? Yeah. Um, one of the principles in the book I talk about is speak your truth, do it with kindness. And what I mean to say is it's really looking in and what, because we all have our different truth. Remember, I said there's only really one universal truth is love, but we all have our perspective. How can we share our perspective with another human being and do it in the kindest way? Because oftentimes when we're stuck in our own ego, it's got to be our way is the right way. 
And so while I didn't talk about what I'm about to share in the book, I'm, I'm learning to adopt what's called the platinum rule. Many of us know the golden rule, treat people the way you want to be treated. But I'm adopting more of a philosophy is treat people the way they want to be treated. Now, that's not at the compromise of your own worth, if you will, but it's recognizing that if two people ad adopted that practice, if two people adopted, I want to treat you the way you want to be treated, and I'm going to do the same the other way around. I feel as though that actually is the basis for having beautiful relationships with one another. It's getting to know how the other person operates and say, how can I make your life better and, and vice versa. I, I, I love that that question. You know, uh, my my significant other and I we have a question. How can I best love you in this moment? Yeah. And and sometimes I don't even know the own answer for myself. So he's sitting over there trying to guess, and I don't even know. So it does create this really great dynamic. Saying, well, what what? You know, sometimes it's space together. Sometimes it's space apart. Sometimes it's you know all of these things. But I, we we use that question as well. Can I, I, can I take you back on that one real quick? Of course, quick? yeah. Because one of the greatest gifts you can give another person is just your presence. So oftentimes there's something going on, there's a disagreement, there's a conversation, maybe it's, it's got some charge to it. Actually just being silent and present, and, and, it, and it might feel weird at first. I mean, actually, when you're communicating with someone and then you go silent for 10 seconds, can feel like a lifetime, let alone one minute or two minutes. And I've been practicing, how can I just hold space and silence and presence? And it's, it's kind of a little bit piggybacking on what you just said, because it's like allowing everything to simmer instead of reacting and you know defending and so forth, just sit, and hold space and be present. And I offer that everyone to practice that with people that they're communicating with. I, I love that one. I often get asked by people, what, what are you doing? Like, I'm just sitting there listening to what you say and then I'm formulating my response versus trying to formulate my response while you're still talking yeah, to exactly. me. exactly. <laughs> and maybe you don't even have a response. It's just, I heard you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Jonathan, we are so grateful that you came on the show. I know some of our listeners are going to want to get the book. What's the best way to access that? <laughs> okay, I'm holding the book up for those that aren't looking, seeing the video. Uh, my book is called What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway? You could Google, you could just type in uh, selflovethebook.com. That takes you to Amazon um, page. Or you can go to my website, uh, jonathanasley.com forward slash self-love and I actually give you a couple chapters of the book uh, to follow and then if you get excited about it you can go to you can get on Kindle for 99 cents it doesn't even get any better than that um, the paperbacks a little bit more though <laughs> well I love that we can take the books with us now it seems I'm, I end up buying them in both ways because yeah. sometimes I want it on the plane but yet I just I still love touching it yeah me too <laughs> Well, thank you so much for bringing your connection, your communication, and your commitment to the show. Um, we hope that you'll come back many, many more times to continue to educate us on how we can love ourselves more and be conduits for love out into the world.
Oh, I'd be honored. We could do it every week. <laughs> but thank you, Holly. <laughs> You're a great interviewer. And I always sign off. Can I give you a big, gigantic Jonathan Bear hug? Bear hug it is. <laughs> awesome. Everyone, remember Mindful Matters, and so do you. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit EverydayMindfulnessShow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm-hmm.